Amen. Once again, we're in our study, World Religions, Cults, and the Occult. We are on the 15th different topic, and it rhymes with what? And the right, that's right. That's, man, you guys are getting it pretty good. Anyway, that's right. By way of recap, because that's what we do here, we've already seen the existence of Satan. Now, why would we do that? Because what was the stats? 91 to 99% of Americans don't believe he's real. Right? And if that wasn't bad enough, we said, what? 65% of those who profess to be Christians say, he's not real. Excuse me? So he's real. And because he's real, we began to take a look at last time, of course, with the character of Satan and the tactic of Satan. Why? Because God wants us to know. Old Testament, New Testament, it's all over the place. Why would God have so much of his word dealing with this critter called Satan? Because he's real and he's really out there. His character is evil and he's really out there. What's the word that was used that we saw? Satan ain't just out there floating around. He just happens to run into you. No. The word that was used there was what? He is scheming, schematics. You ever seen the schematics on the circuitry board? He's out there planning detail. I'm going to eat this. And, what? and folks, he knows. He's been kicking around seeing mankind for the last 6,000 years or so. And he knows what makes us tick. He knows what sin works on us. As we're going to see tonight. He just repackages it for the next generation. And because we don't learn our history, because even as Christians, we don't study our Bible, and God told us exactly how he's going to come, what he's going to do, because we're oblivious to that, sometimes by our own choice, we fall for it all over again. And you're going to see that tonight. That's the theme tonight. He's using the same old tactic that he used to cause the fall of man, and people are falling for it today in a big way, okay? God tells us about him, not to freak us out, but for our own good. So we don't learn things the hard way. Anybody love learning things the hard way? You get up today, I, I wanted to learn something the hard way today. Please, please. Then read the Bible. God tells you, hey, here's what to look out. Why, why would you run from that? Let alone 65% say, that's ah, not even real. It's crazy. That's what we're doing. We're in a war. We need to know what our enemies up against. We need to know what they're like. We need to know their character. We need to know their tactic. We need to know what their goal is. We need to know what angle. How are they going to do it? How are they going to do it? It's all in the scripture if you would study. And that's why we're in that, okay? Unfortunately, the church is in denial. The world is in denial. So what's happening? Two things at the same time. Satanism is not just on the rise in our country. Satanists are infiltrating the church. And that's where we left last time. Right? That's how bad it's gotten. So then we left with the question, well, how in the world did we get into this shape? How did it get so bad that the church would actually, I mean, this is a cardinal doctrine of Scripture. Satanology, angelology, he's a fallen angel. That's a doctrine in the Scripture. How do you sit there and say it's not real? Well, that's where we're going to begin the journey of now the history of Satanism. We've seen his existence, his character, the tactics. Now let's begin that journey of uh, Satanism, okay? And uh, so let's see where did it all begin. Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And of course, this is the account of the fall of man. Genesis chapter 3. Page 4 in my Bible. If you got large print, it might be page 17. 22. Are you serious? Wow. Size 90 font. But uh, Genesis chapter 3. How did it all begin? Right. Let's take a look at this. Uh, when you get there, say moo. All right, there we go. Good enough. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Now, the figment of everybody's imagination. Oh, I'm sorry. Now, the, the, the cartoon character that's not even real, it's just for your entertainment. No, the thing that the preachers made up just to scare you and to rip you off your cash. No, the who? The serpent. 
The serpent. As we saw clearly defined by Scripture, Scripture interprets Scripture. Who's the serpent? The Satan, devil, you know, the dragon. We saw that in Revelation. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The very first thing that Satan had come out of his mouth to entice Eve to sin against God was what? Doubt. He probably never does that today. I mean, it worked on Eve. (laughs) Yeah, he does it all the time. Gets you to doubt God's word. Gets you to doubt God's existence. And folks, we're going to see that repeat tonight, which literally paved the way for Satanism, what we're dealing with today. Did God really say? And so then the woman, Eve, said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will what? Die, right? God says, don't, hey, you got everything else, man. Just don't touch this one tree. And so what's Satan do? Oh, he says, what? You will, what? So now what do you do? He said, God's a liar. He didn't just lie. The lie was that God was a liar. When Satan's really the liar in the fall of all lies. See how he twists it? But at first, in order to get you to fall for the lie, he gets you to what? Doubt, step-by-step process, okay? And that's what he says, you will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God, oh, 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 for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good from evil. See, 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 just doubt God, I, you know, and, and listen to me, Satan says, I, I, I know he's holding something out on you. I got something better. Listen, step one, doubt God and his existence and what God says Listen to Satan. He's a good guy here to help you. He wants to give you something better. It's the exact same thing we're going to see tonight that caused this to rise in Europe and here in America. We'll get to that in a second, right? And so what happened? Sure enough, God doesn't lie. He said, you do this, you're going to die. Now, they didn't die right away, but they did die, right? And so it says this. Now, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was what? Good for food. And what you're seeing here, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, talks about the fall of Satan. We might get to those later in some other studies, Lord willing. But it's all about what? Satan's pride was his fall. Satan's, it's all about self, right? Which is the number one law of Satanism. Do what you will. It's all about you, me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. Satan wanted to be God. I will be like God. The five I wills of Satan, Isaiah 14. I will ascend to the mountain. I will be like God. I, I, I. When Eve gave in to the doubt, and bought into the lie, everything that she led to her sin revolved around the same thing that caused Satan to fall. I. Watch this. And that's what it says. Three things there, right? And it says this. It says that the tree was what? Good for food. Ooh, that's what I think will taste good. That's what I want. Do you see the I creeping into her? And then it goes on. What's he say after that? And then it's what? Pleasing to the eye. Oh, I like the looks of that. I, oh, she's, no, she's going even further. And then what it says there, right? Also desirable for what? Gaining wisdom. Oh, I, this would be good for me. I, I, oh boy, she's done. Same thing that happened to Satan. So she took some and she ate it. And she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Uh Uh-oh. This is the occurrence of the first woman eating the first man at a house and home. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, you thought that was good? 
It's another truth I just learned this week when I was doing this study. See, this is the true reason why women don't want to decide where to go to eat. You know, where do you want to go? Well, I don't know. Because the one time they did, it doomed us. Learn the sign, people. Yeah, you know it's good. Let's move on, right? <laughs> so, and uh, so that's what she did. So she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And then the eyes of both of them were open. They realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves as if God didn't see what was going on. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God as if you can hide your sin from God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called the man, where are you? God knew where he was. He's just trying to get him to come out. It's like when your kids get in trouble, you know they're upset. Hey, hey, where are you? Yeah, you're, 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 get him to come out. He answered, I I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid uh, because I was naked, and so I hid. And he says, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Did God know? Of course he knew. It's like your kid. I give you an example of my son, right? And uh, he's got got chocolate. He's got cookie crumbs. He's got stuff dribbling all over his face. And I turn around, look at him, and say, hey, did you eat? I, I I knew it, but I had to get him to confess. Did you eat from the cookie jar? Oh, no, no. God, so he got new, right? He said, hey, if you're eating from the tree, like, you know, and, and he said, uh, the man said, well, uh, what was the first sin after the first sin? Blame. Blame. Uh, and he said, hey, uh, he said, the woman, uh, the woman you uh, put here with me, it's your fault, God. She gave me some fruit and I, and I ate it. And then the Lord God said to the woman, why is it that you have done? She did the same thing. Uh-oh, not me, God. The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Of course, what's that? That's the famous Genesis 3.15 promise that, okay, mankind blew it, but in God's mercy... He's going to send his son, Jesus Christ, the seed of the woman, and he's going to destroy Satan. So from that point forward, guess what Satan tries to do? Keep that plan from happening, right? That God is going to send his son, and Jesus is going to come back. He came the first time for the forgiveness of our sins. The second time, he's what? He's going to come back. He's going to renovate the planet to Garden of Eden-like conditions, undo the damage in the Garden of Eden, even having peace with nature, and he's going to rule and reign in righteousness. He's going to bring peace to the planet. And as we're going to see tonight, that is the lie of Satanism. Okay? It's that if you listen to Satan, and if, if you doubt God, okay, Satan's going to bring utopia to this planet through something called the New World Order. We have heard that phrase so many times, but we, what we don't connect it with, we'll see it tonight. This phrase came from here and we're going to trace the trail right it's satan's lie way back then jesus isn't going to come back that's a lie where is his coming peter says the scoffers in the last days nothing ever changes listen to satan he's a good guy and if we just do what he says and install this new world order this one world government this one world religion then and and follow some uh one world ruler who happens to be the anti-christ the opposer of christ he'll bring utopia the whole end time scenario is Satan trying to dupe mankind to listen to him just like Eve did in the Garden of Eden. And to doubt God when it says the only peace, the only time peace has come back to this planet is who? Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, comes back. 
Okay, so we're going to see that, okay? So let's begin to see where in the world uh, this happened. Because, again, he's going to use the same tactic to get this lie that ultimately leads to this last day's lie of Satan. Listen to him. He's going to create this new world order, this utopia. Uh, It's the same tactic, okay? First doubt God in his existence and his word. Then believe the lie that Satan's here to help you, and he's a good guy. And then do what he says, not what God says. Okay, so we're going to do that now. And we're going to see that as we trace the historical trail. Where are we going? The history of Satanism. How do we get in the shape that we're in today? Right. And for the sake of time and to avoid a 900 week study. I'm not going to go from Genesis three forward. I'm going to start roughly in the 1800s. How's that? Okay, okay. So, uh, and, uh, but I think there's enough there. Now, believe it or not, where it really began to take off Satanism, and again, you could, you could go back further if you wanted to, but where I want to start with here was this period called the Romantics. Now, don't confuse that with that cool 80s group, okay, for those of you hooked on whatever. Uh, but really, it was called the Romantics or Romanticism period, okay? And this was a, uh, a period... It was highlighted, kind of most popular between 1800, 1850, and, and Ford, okay, during that time. And basically, this was a time where it was an intellectual movement, right? And there were heavy duty into art and literary works and, and music and all that stuff. And, and, and they promoted their beliefs in art and music and literature and education, quote, influencing liberalism and radicalism. What does that sound like today? Right? But you're well, okay, so they, they went out there and promoted ideas that Valentine's coming up and you guys need to be romantics. That's why they were called... Ro- no, it had nothing to do with that. And I quote, the romantics... What they were so intellectual about. And they had to f- push this idea through art, music, education, literature. Was that Satan, watch this, was really a hero. That's what the Romantics pushed. That Satan was a hero. Now this is going to get in about 1850 and forward, okay? They recast him as an admirable magnetic rebel. He was a hero, quote, defying God's authoritarianism. Because, you know, if you follow God, what a boring life that is. I don't want to, you know, hear people, I don't want to get saved now. I mean, think of all the fun I'm going to miss. That's a lie. God has his parameters and his words to protect you. Every time he not only says yes, all of his commands are for our good. Not just the yeses, but the noes. You know what the noes are there for? Not to, I'm missing on fun. It's to protect you from danger. Right? But Satan has got people to doubt God's word and somehow being obedient to God. You're not blessed. You're missing out on fun. No, he's trying to protect you from being destroyed. But these guys go, oh, no, he's, he's this hero. Can you believe this? These guys actually said Satan was a hero, right? But that was that during that period. Now, during this time, uh, there was a symbol that they created to symbolize this fact that Satan was a hero. And this is where this one comes from today. Okay, here's the Romantics during that period, 1700s to start, but it really peaked in 18, 1850. But here's the symbol that was created by this guy, Eliphaz Levi. Okay, he was this guy who was an occultist. In fact, uh, he not only was an occultist, he's a French guy. He's a ceremonial magician and occultist, author of over more than 20 books. Okay, and he's, quote, considered the greatest occultics of the 19th century. 
So this dude was heavy duty into the occult, right? And so, of course, what's he going to say? Oh, Satan's what? He's a good guy. And again, they rally around this symbol that we still have to deal with today. And here it is. That's where it came from, from this, this guy right here. He's the one during this romantic time, Satan's a hero, that uh, this is our guy. This is the guy who's a good guy. He's there. He's a, the ultimate rebel. We need to listen to what he says, the Baphomet uh, sign. Okay, this is the actual official symbol. We'll get to, Lord willing, our history section for still alive and still here. When we probably have a whole study just on Anton LaVey and the Church of Satan. But uh, this is where they get it from. Is back for, as far back as this guy. Uh, and it's also on the cover of the Satanic Bible, uh, written by Anton LaVey, which he kind of ripped off from a bunch of other sources and things that nature will eventually get into. But as we saw, these are what's called sigils. We dealt with this in our witchcraft study. Sigils are basically symbols, pictures depicting a demon or an entity, in this case, Satan, that is to help you with your spells and incantations and things that nature. Uh, and so that's where it came from is this guy. Now, I said all that to get to this, right? So you have this romantics, these guys, 1800, 1850s, when they're peaking, right? That Satan is a hero of all things. And they're promoting it through education, literature, music, and the arts. At the same time this is going on, guess what was also birthed? In 1859, Darwin, in his book, The Origin of Species, right? Now, Dar- if you know anything about Darwin, it didn't, the evolution did not start the live evolution in 1859. It goes much further back, okay? You got people like Charles Lyell and others that influenced Darwin. So again, the same time that you got these uh, romantics saying that Satan's a good guy, what was going on at the same time? A lie that was causing people to what? Step one, doubt God. That's what evolution does. Doubt God, doubt his existence, doubt the Bible, and right when that's going on, shocker, here comes Satan speaking into these people's heads, I'm here to help you. And it wasn't long that all of a sudden they want, he's a hero, we need to listen to him. Isn't this crazy? It's the exact repeat of Genesis 3. And it's gonna cause the rise uh, full-blown Satanism, okay? Now, they continue this throughout the 19th century, this, the romantic, that Satan's a hero. A number of individuals took Satan out of the, quote, Christian traditional narrative and, quote, reread and reinterpreted him, again, as a good guy, okay? And again, they even uh, flat out just began to take on the term of not just the romantics, but they literally, that period was called romantic Satanism. So if there's any wonder what they were pushing, it was this, okay? And, and again, they began to saying that he's just a bad guy. You know, he's just, uh, but the, this is like some of the artwork. It's saying, oh, just, oh, he's just, the Christians, it just painted him to be a bad guy. And he's just, he's really here to help us. He's a hero. This is the kind of baloney that they were doing. And again, back in the day, they didn't have the internet. They didn't have cell phones. They couldn't uh, send out tweets or text messages. So what they do to influence people? Art, and notice they were doing everything. Art, music, literary, education, the whole nine yards. They went gangbusters with this line from Satan, right? That, and then, <clears throat> listen to this. They were even considered, quote, and this is their terms, not mine, radical left-wing political ideas. Because, isn't this crazy? It's, it's, like, a, it's like today is being repeated. Well, shocker, because Satan, he's just what? He waits for another generation. What's the axiom? Those who don't learn their history, what? Doomed to repeat it. When you don't learn the history of how 
Darwinian evolution caused people to doubt God in the 1800s that gave birth to the romantics, i.e. Satanism, that Satan's a good guy. Guess what? The same ideas, the same methodology, the same pipe dream is going to be repackaged for this generation. Same thing that's going on today. But they were considered radical left-wing political ideas because, again, they didn't want people to just believe he was a good guy. They started going to the next stage. And the next stage is we need to have the whole world listen to this guy to save the world, to create a utopia, right? And so they began to get political in this lie as well, okay? Uh, they even had, uh, were considered radical leftists. Direct quote, crazy, right? Now, let me give you some of these guys uh, during this period who's promoting this, okay? Uh, this is a French guy named Pierre-Joseph uh, Proudhon. Okay, he was a staunch critic of Christianity. Shocker. So he was a critic of Christianity, so he doubted God, and then what? He bought into the lie that Satan's a good guy. Okay, and he embraced, quote, Satan as a symbol of, listen, liberty, and begins to promote that, right? Another guy at this time was another guy. This is from Russia. His name is uh, Mikhail Bakunin. Whatever, and he describes Satan as, quote, the eternal rebel, the first free thinker, and, quote, emancipator of the worlds. Again, buy into the lie, evolution, and what comes next? You believe the lie that Satan's a good guy, and they promote it. And he's the one that's going to bring peace to the planet. Now, here's another guy, and this guy's in America. He actually was an American feminist. His name is Moses Harmon. And uh, he produced a periodical, and if you have any doubt uh, of what he was promoting, uh, the name of his periodical was Lucifer the Light Bearer. <coughs> Gee, I wonder what he was trying to promote. He saw Satan as a, quote, symbol of freedom and equality, including for women, which tells you even more of the roots about feminism uh, and those behind it, as we saw clearly, certainly from witchcraft, but now you even see a, the thread from Satanism. Okay, but again, first doubt God, then Satan somehow is a good God. Let me give you another one. So this is going on all over the world. Just like evolution began to spread all over the world, so then hard on its heels was the lie that Satan's a good guy. This is a guy from Italy, right? Uh, Giosi Carducci, right? And he writes uh, the hymn to Satan, okay? And promoting that as well. Here's another guy, William Blake. He writes a couple books. One's called The Marriage of Heaven and Hell. And this guy began to promote Satan as not just a good guy, literally what? He's a Messiah. He's the real Messiah we should be following. And whatever he says, that's our hopes to bring peace to the planet. Isn't this nuts? But what's the tactic? First doubt God, then bind to the lie that Satan's really here to help us. Listen to him. He, God's keeping something from you. Follow Satan. Crazy. And it's one thing for people to believe that, but these guys promote it. Uh, Satan also <clears throat> was employed in the writings of, here it is, socialist leaders. Are we dealing with socialism today? In fact, watch this, folks. Guess who also was into Satanism? Karl Marx. At the same time, okay, this was going on. In fact, I've shared this before, but this is the uh, uh, last words as reported of Karl Marx. Uh, where did he get his inspiration from? On his deathbed, surrounded by candles, burning to Lucifer, which again, these guys said is a good guy and we need to listen to him, and apparently to promote socialism. Where did that idea come from? 
He screamed at his nurse who asked him if he had any last words, and here was reportedly Karl's Marks burning candles to Lucifer's last words on earth before he went to, unfortunately, it looks like hell. Go on, he's yelling, go on, get out. Last words are for fools who haven't said enough. And he died. Wow. Now, the first guy, so these guys are out there promoting it. Again, what are they doing? Just like today, they're promoting it in art, literature, music. I mean, that was the internet of the day, right? Books, all, all that stuff. Politics, right? And the guy to really begin to take it and turn it into, for the first time, into technically a religion of Satanism was this guy, a Polish guy. His name is Stanislaw, and I'm not joking, there's only two vowels in that name there. Thank you. All right. That guy. That guy right there. No. <laughs> was it? Brzezuski. Right? That's that guy. But uh, from this guy, he basically begins to develop this, that, okay, now it's a religion we need to follow. Okay? So this is the guy. And as, as you can see with a lot of these guys' pictures, it's like, did everybody just happen to be the day that their cat got ran over by a tractor or something? Or... And we'll get into this maybe in the next study, but I don't think it's by chance. The people who are following Satan, promoting Satan, they ain't happy. It shows, folks. Okay? And again, granted, maybe somebody ate his ice cream cone. I don't know, but he's, but it's, there's a thing going on there. But it isn't just that he promoted it as women. Guess what? He was also promoting at the same time. This guy that was promoting the religion of Satanism, he's a good guy, he's a hero. Listen to him. He was promoting social Darwinian ideology because you have to first what doubt god his existence before you fall for the replacement okay again same pattern over and over in fact his followers this guy the guy with two vowels in his name um his acolytes considered themselves quote satan's kinder like satan's kindergarten satan's kids as if that's a good thing usually if somebody comes and says man you got a bunch of satan that's not a good thing but that's how these guys are promoting. All right, now let's, let's go there. It wasn't just guys that got into this. Ladies got into this. And boy, she looks happy. No, she doesn't. Now, we've talked about her before. If you want to get even more than what we're going to see, Lord willing, tonight. This is Madame Blavatsky, okay? And uh, we dealt with her in our New Age study, uh, including the next three ladies that we're going to talk about uh, as we wrap up for tonight. But Madame Blavatsky, she was the founder of something. So this guy, he takes it, the guy with the two vowels in his name. Right? He promotes it. These guys have already been working on. He's a great guy. We're promoting it in art, literature, all that stuff and whatever. This guy says, man, it's a religion and promote evolution at the same time. She comes along and she doesn't call it Satanism, but it is at the basis of the same things we're going to see in a second. She developed something that is called theosophy. Okay? As we saw before. You got theos, God, sophos, wisdom. God wisdom. And she was involved in the occult. Demons were speaking to her. And what they were telling her was, this is the real wisdom. Now, what does that sound like? Back in Genesis 3. See, I, I, listen to me. Satan says, you know, you'll have wisdom, right? Gaining wisdom. Do it his way. It's just, see, God's holding out on you. This is the, this is the same baloney, okay? Now, believe it or not, her idea of the, uh, theosophy, okay, uh, that uh, she claimed uh, to have, and she did have a ton of followers. In fact, this developed into something called the Theosophical Society, and it's still in existence today. 
Okay, it did not go away. Right? You could do a big research on that. But she, her idea of basically a code word for Satan's a good guy, theosophy, in a nutshell, okay, she influenced a lot of people, including, and I'm not going to give you all of them, but Abner Doubleday. What's Doubleday? Doubleday, Doubleday's a, oh, a bookmaker guy. Do you think he probably promoted stuff with his ability to, mm-hmm. Also, uh, another th- theosophist was Thomas Edison. wonder where he got his inspiration from and his ideas. That's a whole other story. And reportedly, quote, Albert Einstein had a copy of her book called The Secret Doctrine on his desk. Interesting. Where did he get his ideas from? I don't know. But here's the point. Quote, at a time when traditional Christianity, listen, was locked in a debate with Darwin over evolution. Ah, see? So at the time when all of a sudden here comes Charles Darwin, no, doubt God, doubt his existence, doubt that he's the creator, doubt his word. And and when people were saying, you need to choose between, quote, blind faith, i.e. Christianity, and the laws of science, here comes this lady, Madame Blavatsky, with this secret doctrine. Right? And proclaimed that she had come across a spirituality that was bigger than both of those, bigger than science, bigger than Christianity. And here's what they held. And I quote, this is what the beliefs of the theological, uh, Theosophy Society said. They held that, quote, Lucifer was a force that aided humanity's awakening and its own spiritual nature. So, what are they doing? She just basically is now taking all this that's been going on, stewing for a while, after you got to doubt God with the lie of evolution, they're promoting art, literature, and all kinds of stuff, education, music, and all that stuff. Here comes Mr. Two Vowels in his name. He says it's religion. She says uh, uh, basically the same thing, but she just changes it. She didn't call it Satanism, it's just called theosophy. And it's really the higher wisdom, the God wisdom, right? But it really is the backbone that Lucifer is here, as a force to aid humanity, right? Now, to, uh, if you doubt that, then they began, the Theosophical Society, Madame Blavatsky, they began to promote a journal, and guess what it was? You saw it there briefly. The Lucifer Journal. This is the, Theos- the Theosophical Society. So where do you think they're getting their inspiration from? And again, what are they saying? The same threat. That Lucifer's a good guy. He's here to help us. He's the new Messiah. If you listen to him, Christianity's got it wrong. It's a bunch of baloney. And if you do what he says, he's going to bring utopia. That's what these people are all about. Okay, she founded that in 1875. And uh, she came from a rich, aristocratic Russian family, traveled the world. She got into the occult in her teenage years, okay? And uh, she was tapping into the occult techniques when all of a sudden she's having this, oh, no, this is, this is divine wisdom, and i got to start writing it down. She travels through Europe, the Americas, India, and uh, these guides that she was meeting, obviously demons, uh, was helping her to get deeper and develop her psychic powers, okay? But basically, she felt that theosophy basically her version of Satanism, right, was basically the, quote, true source of all religions, and we need to get back to this root source called theosophy, that Satan's a good guy, quote, and then if we could get the whole planet to buy into this, and I quote, the planet would be unified. That's what they push, okay? And uh, now, she also had another term that she said that, see, when we do that, 
When we follow Lucifer, and he's supposed to be this good guy, and he'll, 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 he's, he'll bring the planet all together. What they, she said is that will create, here comes the term, a new age, so, which is the new age movement. In fact, she's actually called the mother of new age thought, right? But really what is, in, in the context, what is the new age? The new age is when you get the planet to follow the idea that Satan's a good guy and he's going to bring peace, not Jesus Christ. Isn't that wild? Okay? But that's where that comes from. Okay? Now, she dies. <clears throat> okay? Oh, by the way, she also taught that uh, Blavatsky, that is, uh, she uh, dies, and, uh, but before she did, she taught that Christianity, of course, is bad, that Christianity is oppressive to women. She was anti-Jewish. Shocker. Where do you think those ideas were coming from? Yeah, same source that was saying Satan's a good guy. Uh, but she dies, and uh, she has a successor. Her successor is this lady, Annie Besant. Okay? And uh, she becomes the president of the Theosophical Society. Basically, code word for Satan's a good guy. He's going to bring peace to the planet. She also gets hooked up with, guess what? Freemasonry. What? Freemasonry? Who do they really worship? When you get up to the higher degrees, the 33rd degree, what's this light they keep talking about? Light, Lucifer, light bearer. I wonder if it's, it is. Wait till we get to that study. So she starts getting hooked up uh, with Freemasonry. Again, she was anti-Christian, shocker, okay? And she continued to push this idea that uh, Satan's a good guy. We need to listen to him. She, and the kind of a weird thing, she, she actually uh, adopted a, a guy, this guy here, uh, Jiddu Krishnamurti. She claimed that he was the incarnation of Buddha, and he was the Messiah, right? And my take on this was uh, she thought that this new age of uh, utopia by listening to Satan that, you know, because one thing they, they pitch is not just a, a global religion, uh, a, a global government, uh, but we need to follow a global leader. We, there's going to be a Messiah that's going to come and he's going to, well, she thought it was that guy. Of course, he died. And so guess what? It wasn't that guy, obviously, that's a lie. But anyway, so she continued on. Now, she was also a promoter of, here it is, here's a thread, women's rights. Right, and this is Besant, right? This is this lady back here. She's a promoter of that, of women's rights. Okay, so again, another thread going into feminism. We already had a whole study in our witchcraft study on feminism, that they were, the witches are big promoters of feminism and seducing women into feminism, and i.e. witchcraft. Okay, but also the Satanists are also mixed in with the beginnings of the feminist movement as well. Okay, uh, and uh, also they're a promoter, this Annie Besant here, she was a promoter of women's rights, secularism, and birth control. Now, why would this lady who says, who's the, now the president of this theosophical society that says Satan's a good guy, we need to listen to him, why would she push birth control? Right? Why would she push... Well, because Satan has another lie about this new age, as we'll see in a second. And in order for this new age to come, we got too many people. And we need to depopulate the planet down to 90, 90% needs to go. Why would he promote that idea? Right? Because he's a liar and the father of all lies, John chapter 8, but he's what? He's a murderer and he's been with the beginning. Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve sinned, guess what did happen? They did die. He didn't just want to mess up their walk with God. He knew they would die. He's a murderer. That's why Jesus said he was a murderer from the beginning, right? 
And so these people are promoting this, that Satan's a good guy. Shocker that they're also wanting to murder people. Okay, and then, of course, it goes to uh, this lady, Margaret Sanger, around the same time. Shocker. Okay, uh, the founder of Planned Parenthood. Okay, uh, who, by the way, I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of her, but she always reminds me of this lady, right? <laughs> Thank you. I did not have to hold this up. I got one out of ten. I feel excited. But do you get it there? She's peddling her lies. All right, let's move on. I, right. But anyway, so she's out there. And of course, what's Margaret Sanger all about? Population control, okay? Because again, this is her goal. So, so and this is the same baloney that we have to deal with today with feminism, it's birth control, my body. If I want to kill a baby, I can kill a baby. Well, no, you can. That's called murder. It's always been murder, right? But not only that, but uh, the same socialist ideas, leftist ideas, radical leftists that all started way back here, the same terminology today, uh, promote homosexuality. They promote feminism, birth control. Why? Because think about every one of those platforms. What do they do? You either kill people to meet the new age goal to get rid of people, or it prevents them from having people on the planet, and including homosexuality. Right? So think about it. That's why they're, they're promoting that. But where's that all coming from when you trace the source? Back from these guys who actually think that Satan is a good guy, and he's here. Now, the next lady that it goes through is this lady, Alice Bailey, right? She wrote more than 24 books on the- theosophical subjects, right? And uh, she further popularizes this phrase, new age, right? And, uh, and, and then uh, she began to, in her writing, say that we got to take this global and that if this is going to be, quote, the destiny of the nations. This is the society, the, the prescription for society in general. This is the solution to bring peace to the planet, right? And uh, that we needed a unified society, including a global religion. And again, the phrase that she used to describe this new age, but also the age of Aquarius. Does that sound familiar? Sounds like that song that's probably stuck in your head right now. Hey, don't sing that, Reed. That was that gets in your head. But anyway, that's <laughs> but it's promoted in what? Music. Remember, these guys from the beget, from the get go were called radical leftist pushing socialist agenda, feminism, birth control, anti God, anti Christian agenda. And how do they get those ideas out to the people from the very beginning? Arts, literature, music. Education, i.e. books and things of that nature. Same thing today. The same, same tactic, right? And and dare I say, they've gone into each one of these industries, and this is what they're promoting, okay? But uh, Bailey was born into a a British family, okay? And she was visited by a stranger, and uh, supposedly dressed in European clothes, wearing a turban, who told her, quote, she needed to develop self-control, quote, to prepare her for a certain work, that this stranger had planned for her to do. I wonder who that stranger was. Yeah, you'll find out in a second. Right? So she gets hooked up with theosophy. She's bought into this idea. She quickly rises to a position of influence. Her husband, Foster Bailey, uh, her second husband, becomes the national secretary of the Theosophical Society. And uh, she said that her work uh, was, quote, telepathically dictated. So all these books and promotion... Uh, by what she called the master of wisdom. 
Well, it sounds neat, but guess who it was? Satan, Satan demon, you know, what have you. And again, what was the lie? If you listen to him, it's going to be good for what? Gaining wisdom, the secret knowledge. Don't listen to God, Christianity, Bible. Those guys are wackos. Just listen to Satan. He knows what he's doing. He'll save the planet. It's crazy, right? Now, and she went to town. And again, this is pre-internet, whatever. Uh, she turned out to be the, and created uh, 19 books together with other educational, quote, meditation work. Okay, that quotes, listen, you may not have heard of her, but her work promoting this idea, Satan's a good guy, he's a hero, he's going to bring priests to the planet, Christianity's a bunch of baloney, quote, reached into, quote, practically all countries of the world. Now, when you got some big people like Doubleday and Thomas Edison, you probably got some also access to some serious cash, right? And to help you promote that, and that's what happened. Now, they begin to publish so much stuff, and if you think that they're not out there promoting that Satan's a good guy, they don't hide it. They, too, as we already saw uh, before, the other ones, they say, you know, Lucifer, Lucifer periodicals. Well, in 1922, Alice Bailey and her husband uh, created, quote, the Lucifer Publishing Company, right? Uh, and they, they admit they use the name Lucifer for its magazine, okay, and the publishing company. And again, this is no different because it's coming from the same source. We saw that Lucifer Journal from Blavatsky, who started Theosophy, these guys said, yeah, we're going to now start a publishing company. We're going to start pumping out books that promote this idea. Now, later, about three years later, they changed the name to Lucis, and it's still in existence today. Lucis Trust. But it, you can't escape it. Number one, they admit that the name was chosen to quote, this is a direct quote, to honor Lucifer. Okay. And uh, the name Lucifer or Lucis come from the same Latin uh, meaning light. Again, they think he's a light bearer. He's here. Christians have given him a bad rap, right? And he's here to help save the planet. We need to listen to him. So they start this publishing company and make no bones about it, that's who they follow. Now, again, uh, how else are you going to get it out? Well, you need to enlist the help of Hollywood. They have a headquarters that they had, Alice Bailey, promoting theosophy, Satan's a good guy. Uh, outside of Hollywood, the place was called Crotona, okay? And they began to promote this new age idea, which is what? Satan's a good guy, he's here to save us, listen to him, he'll bring peace to the planet. That's what the New Age really means, okay? They produced this uh, messenger uh, magazine. It's called The Messenger. And again, they believe they were messengers to begin to disseminate through Lucis uh, uh, Trust, Lucifer Publishing, and this magazine. And then outside of Hollywood, with the help of Hollywood, we need to start promoting this idea, okay, from the get-go. Uh, believe it or not, that place is still in existence here in Crotona. They just changed the name to the Crotona Institute of Theosophy, and it is still down there in Southern California, okay, just north of Hollywood, okay, and I've actually been to this town, Ojai, California, if you're familiar. It's still there. And if you don't think that they're not an influence of what comes out of Hollywood, you're kidding yourself. But that's all that's going on, right? And they discuss that they not only need to promote that Lucifer's a good guy, we need to listen to him, he's the one that's going to bring peace to the planet, the anti-version of Jesus Christ, hence Antichrist, okay? Uh, they begin to say, there's people who are in the way. And they said, you know what's going to happen? Sooner or later, we're going to have, this is their words, a religious war. 
And who do you think that as they're promoting Lucifer's a guy, at the same time they say is we need to go after, guess who? Christians. Right? And that certainly is going on. It, it is Hollywood's coming out of Hollywood not only promoting Satanism and Satan's ideas, and, but is it going after Christians? Yeah. It's everywhere. Cartoons, sitcoms, whatever. Christians are a bunch of dummies. They're dangerous. Right? That's not by chance. Now, this Lucifer Publishing Company with Alice Bailey, they also had a symbol that they rallied around that symbolized this idea that Satan is our hope. He, he, the promise of him bringing peace to the planet, and guess what their symbol was? The rainbow. Is there anybody else right now that is going after Christians and who've taken the rainbows or symbol and they're anti-God and anti-Christian and have declared religious war basically on us and going after us and trying to take us down. The exact same group, okay? But that's really where it came from. Now, they also, not just the symbol, as I mentioned earlier, they also began to say, and this is where it starts to go into politics, right? So you got Hollywood, media, everybody getting behind this idea, okay? And uh, they began to say what we need to create, right? Because, you know, we're trying to get people to join voluntarily. But if you want people to go really go along with this, then you what? You need the government to begin to dictate and mandate, basically, in essence, that we need to follow Satan and let him bring peace to the planet. Sounds crazy, but the phrase that they come up with, and this is back in Alice Bailey's day, this is how long it's been around, is this one, the New World Order. And that's what they began to promote uh, into uh, not just the terminology of thinking, uh, but we need to get involved in politics. And as we now start to work with the governments, we'll get to that in a second, producing this New World Order, Satan's a good guy, he's going to bring peace to the planet, basically. We need to start getting rid of Christians. And folks, when you, it, I came out of this with New Age. There is no love loss with New Agers and Christians. In fact, they have been brainwashed, I used to be one of them, that you don't just put up with Christians, you need to kill them. It's, it's like a form of jihad, like Islam, just get rid of it. We're considered, we're considered, listen, the one thing along with the Jewish people, that is keeping this supposed great idea that Satan's here to save us from following through. And the only way for this new age, new utopia to happen is we've got to get rid of the people who are in the way as Christians. Let me give you a little teaser again that new age really wants to kill Christians. Watch this. A new age group calling itself Solar Questers writes, those who hinder will be removed, liquidated, they must be wiped clean off the face of the earth. The authors of a New Age pamphlet titled Cosmic Countdown claim to have received messages from a higher intelligence. The pamphlet says the world should be forewarned to be on the lookout for the decimation of populations. These peoples will eventually be replaced by the new root race about to make its appearance in a newly cleansed world. But perhaps the most disturbing comments come from New Age author Barbara Marks Hubbard. Researchers John Ankerberg and John Weldon report that due to her vast financial wealth and influence among leading world politicians and industrialists, she is having a major impact behind the scenes. She has been influenced by spirits for almost two decades. In her book titled Happy Birthday Planet Earth, 
Hubbard wrote, the choice is, do you wish to become a natural Christ, a universal human, or do you wish to die? People will either change or die, she says. That is the choice. Hubbard says, there have always been defective seeds. In the past, they were permitted to die a natural death. We, the elders, have been patiently waiting to take action to cut out this corrupted and corrupting element in the body of humanity. Hubbard's spirit guides gave her a vision of things to come. They told her that out of the full spectrum of human personality, one-fourth is electing to transcend, one-fourth is destructive, and they are defective seeds. Now as we approach the quantum shift from the creature human to the co-creative human, the human who is the inheritor of God-like power, the destructive one-fourth must be eliminated from the social body. Fortunately, you are not responsible for this act. We are. We are in charge of God's selection process for planet Earth. He selects, we destroy. We are the riders of the pale horse, death. That quote came, I don't know if you saw it, but it came from the rainbow swastika. So again, you're seeing it. So basically, if you don't go along with this idea that Satan's a good guy, we need to follow what he says to create this new age, this new utopia, and go along with a one-world government, a one-world religion, we need to submit ourselves to a coming world ruler, then they're what? We're going to kill you. Right? This is, this is what they believe. And again, think about that. That's called murder. So where do you think all this is coming from? The same guy that got them to doubt that God is real, trust his word, what God says, now gets to mind that Satan's a good guy and he's here to free us and help us. Now he's taken to the next step and he says, uh, murder him. Liar, murderer. Same source. Now, but how are you going to do that? Again, let's go back to this. You have to get the governments involved. You have to get the government leaders around the world. Now, that sounds like, man, that's going to take forever. They've been working at this for a long time. We need to get the governments of the world to go along with this idea, okay? And then once we get them to buy in the idea, and everybody, I get the bulk of the planet, all the ones with the power, and then we're going to force it on people, and those who don't go along, we're going to kill them. Sounds crazy. But believe it or not, folks, they're a lot further than you think, okay? Uh, and, and I want to share that with you. Again, what's their phrase? This is where it comes from. They're not only the ones who say the new age, which basically means what? Listen to Satan. He's a good guy. He's the hero. He's going to usher in peace to the planet. Don't listen to God. They're the ones who also come up with the age of Aquarius, but they're the, also the ones who encapsulated it in a political phrase for the governments to promote New world order. When you hear people say the term new world order, okay, it means this idea from Satan. Now, believe it or not, the world leaders have been saying this satanic phrase, and they're showing that they've also bought into this lie, knowingly or unknowingly. I think some of them know exactly who they're working for. But when you hear this term new world order, you need to translate it Satan's a good guy. He's the one we have our hope in. We're going to do what he says to bring peace to the planet. And I'm here to tell you, it's already out there on a huge scale. Let's just take a look at a couple quotes. You believe deeply in your system, and we believe just as deeply in our system. 
It is not our common beliefs that have brought us together here, but our common interests and our common hopes. The interest that each of us has to maintain our independence and the security of our peoples. And the hope that each of us has to build a new world order in which nations and peoples with different systems and different values can live together in peace. I think even that, even that does not describe why the world has changed so much and why the world has turned so much toward a new world order and a new kind of civilization. Until now, the world we've known has been a world divided, a world of barbed wire and concrete block, conflict, cold war. Now we can see a new world coming into view, a world in which there is the very real prospect of a new world order. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. This is a moment to seize. The kaleidoscope has been shaken, the pieces are in flux, Soon they will settle again. Before they do, let us reorder this world around us. Our position uh, was, was not that. Our position was to support action so that the will of the international community that um, Saddam Hussein disclose and dispose of uh, weapons uh, be, be enforced. Uh, and at the back of my uh, mind was this sense that if the international community did not act here, then the international community would find it difficult to, to gain credibility for acting in other areas. Uh, and uh, th this new world order that we were trying to create was mm. being put at risk. I think a new world order is emerging and with it the foundations of a new and progressive era of international cooperation. the first decade of the 21st century, that out of what is, will be seen as the greatest restructuring of the global economy, perhaps one even greater than at the time of the Industrial Revolution, a new world order was created. Could you give us a brief big picture of how dangerous you think this time of history is? Is, this, is it chronic annoyance or is it actual danger? And when will the United States see some end to these wars, especially the now 13-year war? in Iraq, Afghanistan? Uh, Jim, I think um, we are living through uh, one of these historic defining times. I think we are seeing a new world order, uh, post-World War II, post-Soviet Union implosion, uh, being built. What do you think the most important thing is for Barack Obama? Obviously, you're here to talk about uh, the anniversary for U.S.-China diplomatic relations, but if you had to say, this is going to be the country or the conflict or the place that will define the Obama administration, what would it be? You can give a new impetus to American foreign policy partly because the reception of him is so extraordinary around the world. I think his task 
will be to develop an overall strategy for America in this period when really a new world order can be created. It's a great opportunity. It isn't just a crisis. What sort of a financial deal should Obama be seeking to strike when he travels to China next month? No, I think this would be the time because you really need to bring China into the creation of a new uh, 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 world order, financial world order. Uh, they are kind of reluctant members of the IMF. They play along, but they don't make much of a contribution. So I think you need a, a new world order that China has to be part of the process of creating it. I think the makings of it are already there because the G20, in agreeing to peer reviews, effectively is moving in that direction. Leaders and dignitaries of the European Union, representatives of our NATO alliance, distinguished guests, we meet here at a moment of testing for Europe and the United States and for the international order that we have worked for generations to build. North Korea broke the rules once again by testing a rocket that could be used for long-range missiles. This provocation underscores the need for action, not just this afternoon at the UN Security Council, but in our determination to prevent the spread of these weapons. Rules must be binding. Violations must be punished. Words must mean something. The world must stand together to prevent the spread of these weapons. Now is the time for a strong international response, and North Korea must know that the path to security and respect will never come through threats and illegal weapons. All nations must come together to build a stronger global regime. Vice President Joe Biden calls the newest graduates of the Air Force Academy strategic thinkers as well as warriors and the future of the new world order. It allows us to refocus our intelligence and military assets and resources to other parts of the world where they are needed, where we face new challenges. This is the world you are graduating into. This is what I want to talk about today with you for a few minutes. I believe we, and particularly you, your class, has an incredible window of opportunity to lead in shaping a new world order for the 21st century. The affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order because the global order is changing again. And the institutions and the rules that worked so well in the post-World War II era for decades, uh, they need to be strengthened, and some have to be changed. So we have to do what we do best. We have to lead. No, what you do best is you lie, like the one you're following. With the lie, which is nuts, and there's way more, that's a pretty big clip I wanted to show you, but it's not just here in the United States, and it's not just been going on for decades. But what are they all saying? You will not understand anything, folks, in politics in our own country or geopolitically around the world until you understand what we're talking about here tonight. They've bought into this lie that started way back here after you first start, 
doubting God, Satan set the whole thing up a couple centuries ago. First get people to doubt God with the lie of evolution. Then get to promote this lie that Satan's a good guy. And if we follow him, he'll be our Messiah. He'll bring peace to the planet. It was promoted through art, music, literature, education, books. It became a religion. It went into politics. And it's encapsulates in the phrase New World Order. And that's what these people are still working at to today. Now here's what's wild. This is the only book on the planet that tells you what it really means. And you wonder why Satan has now got churches who refuse to teach this book, refuses to even believe in Satan's existence, and specifically does not want to touch prophecy with a 10-foot pole. Why? Because that's where you're going to find out exactly what they're up to. And God tells us, and he's told us 2,000 years ago, exactly what they're saying in the news today. He calls it the Antichrist kingdom, and you don't want to be a part of it. Do you see what he's doing? It's all coming together. Satan is behind this whole thing, the New World Order, and boy, have they bought into it. Now, if you caught there, they also mentioned that who also is there as a global organization who's bought into this idea of Satan, a good guy, follow him, listen to his idea, he'll bring peace to the planet. It's the what? The United Nations. Now, back to Alice Bailey's. We're getting close to the end, right? They also had a sacred number that they felt was a great number, but it symbolized this world ruler who was going to come and bring peace to the planet. Can anybody guess what it is? It almost looks like somebody, yes, is following a script. And who told us 2,000 years ago that that is going to be of the Antichrist? If you don't read the Bible, it's all going to go over your head. If you read the Bible, you're going, you've got to be kidding me. God, this is happening exactly like God said it would happen. It is exciting because what that means is they're going to implement this with their guy, who the Bible calls the Antichrist, in the seven-year tribulation, we leave prior. And they're talking about all this stuff right now, including the current guy sitting in office. You know what they're about. They think that by following Satan, rejecting God and Christianity, and dare I say getting rid of them, because you're in the way then they're going to bring utopia. That's what they're working towards. They bought into the lie. Back to the UN. Lucis Trust, Lucifer Publishing. It's, again, it's like you're making up something, a, a script or something. Uh, it was located uh, at the United Nations Plaza, and the address was 666 United Nations Plaza. Shocker. Right? Nothing's by chance. Now, unless you think that they aren't involved... This Lucis Trust, which is still in existence today, still works with the UN, still promoting this. So it's not just our leaders, it's global leaders, and there's a global organization called UN in the United States that's pushing this lie that Satan's a good guy, follow him. But it's called World, uh, World Goodwill. World Goodwill is Lucis Trust pushing the satanic agenda through the UN. And if you don't think the UN's uh, pushing this, one world government, one world religion, you need to go there. Reed and I were there filming for the SEALs documentary, uh, and I, I actually went into the meditation room. And they don't hide their goals. Once you get inside that building, they do not hide. Outside, it's just like this big, giant, rectangle building. You get inside, it's everywhere. One world government, world peace, humanity. That's Satan's lie is all over once you get inside of that. But here's what it says. The United Nations has long been one of the foremost har world harbingers for the new spirituality 
and a new world order, quote, based on ancient occult principles. And Alice Bailey said, evidence of the growth of the human intellect along the needed receptive lines for the generation of the new age, which again, Satan's good guy is here to save us, can be seen in the planning of various nations and the efforts of the United Nations to formulate a world plan. Direct quote from this lady that's pushing it. Who's working with, still to this day, she's dead, but her organization is still going, working with the UN. That the United Nations exists to push this plan. That Satan's a good guy. So that's what they're really all about. From the very start of this unfoldment, occult factors have governed the development of all these plans. Okay? So they're behind it uh, as well. And then, if you don't think they are, let me just give you one quote from, this is uh, Robert uh, Mueller, not to be confused with Russia, Russia, Russia guy. This is a different one. This was the former, uh, former assistant secretary general of the United Nations, and here's what he said. All of humanity right now, this is why they exist, all of humanity right now needs to work at, as quickly as possible to, quote, align ourselves under a one-world government, a one-world religion, and a one-world ruler. Lucis Trust, Lucifer Publishing, still has also the backing and working with the World Bank, the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, Greenpeace International, environmental movement, because we've got to save the planet. Uh, Amnesty International, UNICEF, etc., etc. Now, as we close, these world leaders, okay, are also using another phrase that basically describes this lie that Satan's here to save us, not Jesus. They not only say new world order, but they say that we need to fix not only the Christians, we've got to get rid of Christians and Christianity because they're in the way, but there's another group of people who are also holding things up, and that's the Jewish people, who unfortunately are going to be a part of the seven-year tribulation, right? Because of their denial of Jesus being the one and only Messiah, right? But they admit we've got to fix the problem in the Middle East, why? Because that's holding up what? The satanic agenda that Satan's going to bring peace. They're messing up the peace. And see, when we see all these guys, here's light bulb, light bulb, what all these guys out there are saying, we've got to have peace in the Middle East. We've got to make peace treaties with Israel. We've got to, make, we, we got, to, we got to fix that problem. You think, oh, they're doing it out of the kindness of their heart. No, because in their satanic agenda, the lie, we have to fix it in order for Satan to be the Messiah on the planet. It's not as altruistic as you think. Now, of all weird things for them to describe this desire to bring peace in that area, they, they're out there saying this phrase, peace and security. Right? Now, what's crazy is, the Bible says when you hear the world leaders on the, on the scene saying that phrase... Sudden destruction is going to happen. And that's from this passage of Scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 3. But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord starts at the seven-year tribulation. This is not the rapture. The day of the Lord is the seven-year tribulation moving forward. So basically, he's basically saying, you perfectly know well that the day of the Lord, the seven-year tribulation, comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, what? Peace and safety. Boom. Sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Not peace and happiness, not joy and prosperity, not stop eating chicken, as cool as that is. But specifically the phrase peace and safety. Now, it's the Greek word asphalia, 
okay, for safety. And it literally means not just safety. Listen, this is from the Greek. Security. As in security from enemies, etc., blah, blah, blah. So you could say, not just peace and safety, you could say peace and security, and you're spot on. So put all that together, these guys, if you're looking at the news, they're not just saying new world order, describing we bought into this lie that Satan's going to save us, not Jesus. And that's really what they're promoting. That's what it's all about. The world leaders, the UN, people in office right now in our own country. But they're saying, we've got to get rid of the stumbling block. We've got to fix the problem in the Middle East, and that will bring in peace and safety. And what's the peace and safety? That's when Satan can bring in this utopia. And they're saying that same phrase. Watch this. Israel and Palestine living side by side in peace and security. Uh, peace and freedom is a right for us. Inasmuch as peace and security is a right for you. Restore international peace and security in between the Palestinians and the Israelis by this phrase. To these rocket attacks. To ensure that we are building a lasting peace that will allow... Israeli and Palestinian children to live side by side in peace and security, to provide hope. On this journey, I am reiterating the President's commitment to his vision of two democratic states, Israel and Palestine, living side by side in peace and security. The lesson of history is that peace and security do not come easily. Peace and stability uh, that uh, people on all sides long for. Two states for two peoples living side by side in peace and security is not a vague slogan, but a real necessary necessity for the stability in the entire region. Israel and Palestinians, they can live side by side in peace and security. This is our vision and this is our commitment. So a new deal, peace and security and friendship. My hopes and dreams for Israel are to live in peace, to live in peace and security. Two states living side by side in peace and security. True security for all Israelis. We will also pursue peace between Israel and Lebanon. In peace and security. Israel and Syria. Peace and security. And a broader peace between Israel and its many neighbors. Must decide whether we are serious about peace and security to recognize Israel's legitimacy and its right to exist in peace and security. That's how we will find new pathways to peace and security. That is the work that we must do. In peace and security. Peace and security and, and coexistence. 2,000 years ago, we were not only warned about the Antichrist kingdom, but God gave us a very, very specific clue. You know it's getting close. You're going to see people on the planet not say, it could have been anything. Joy and happiness. Chicken is rotten. Pastor Billy's right. Listen to him. It happens to be what? Peace and security. And that's out there too, along with this new world order that we've been working. Did you hear those guys? For a long time in creating. And when we do, and we will. Didn't Bush Sr. freak you out? Wow. And these guys tell you what you're up to, but here's my point. You know why it goes in one ear out the other? I, I, we, we dealt with this in witchcraft. Remember, they will tell you, the occult tells you, they telegraph what they're up to, but why do people miss it? Because they don't understand the symbolism and they don't understand the verbiage. But guess what? If you read the Bible, you'll get it. 
And why is it at the same time that I don't think it's by chance? Satan brings in this lie of evolution, and then he gets a lie to even not just the world to buy in that Satan's a good guy, but at the same time he gets the church that don't even believe in Satan, and then the church doesn't teach the Bible, and it really won't ever teach prophecy. You'll wonder why. Because he's that close. Now, peace and security, why does sudden destruction come? Because the Bible says, guess what? There will be one guy that brings, quote, peace and security to Israel. You know who he is? Daniel 9, 27, the Antichrist. And he's going to make a covenant with Israel, and bang! The moment that happens, that's the final week of Daniel's 70th week prophecy. That's what starts the seven-year tribulation. But we leave prior to that. We're not looking for the Antichrist. We're looking for Jesus Christ. And I close with this. Of all things, for Alice Bailey, back to this, the off, listen to what she says. In order for this age of Aquarius to start, listen, certain people will just disappear. Watch this. She says, we will create this new race on the planet. And again, basically people who are under Satan's regime, he's going to bring peace and that. But there are people in this process that we're headed for, this new race in this Aquarian age. These people, these certain people will not evolve. Oh, by the way, that's a subset issue. Notice you not only have to buy into the lie of physical evolution to doubt God, but you need the lie of evolution to fall for this new age spiritual evolution as well. There's two reasons why Satan put that out there. She says, these certain people will not evolve. Quote, they are very low-grade human bodies, and quote, they will disappear Quote, causing a shift in the world. You bet you there will be when the Christians disappear, right? And shortly after that, peace and security. He makes the covenant. Bang! Sudden destruction. You just enter the seven-year tribulation. And it says this. Speaking of when the disappearance of those people, i.e. the rapture. For those that left behind, watch this. It's okay. Those people will be taken care of. But for you... The chosen ones left behind. Mankind will be transformed into the age of utopia. You liar. And isn't that just like Satan? It all comes together. Oh, by the way, I just got to throw this in there. Notice how Satan is working really hard at discrediting the pre-trib position that the church leads prior instead of all the other ones that try to throw the church in the seven-year tribulation because we're not going to be that. But that's what this started, folks. All this stuff way back in the 1800s, the Romantics, Charles Darwin. It goes on into Blavatsky and Basant and then Alice Bailey, Theosophy, Lucifer Publishing, continues through art, literature. They're the radical leftist socialist ideas. Karl Marx was even in this and all that stuff. It goes into politics. It's wrapped around with the New World Order and their new age that they're working for, crying out for peace and security. It's the lie that Satan is going to bring peace to this planet, not Jesus Christ. And you know what? Satan knows it's not going to work. But that's how evil he is. Remember Poneros? He's seen how many people he can take with him straight into the lake of fire. These people are being duped. Okay? But you won't be duped if what? You read the Bible. All of it. Not just some of it. All right? Lord willing, next time we're going to uh, continue in the journey of our history. Wasn't that wild? I had no idea this was going to pop out, but it did. Uh, when I began this, I just thought we were going to do some character studies. But anyway, we're going to get into a next character, uh, Mr. Happy Face, uh, right here, Alistair Crowley. And uh, this is where it goes next.
And then from Aleister Crowley, we're probably going to get into some early forms of the Church of Satan, Anton LaVey. You're going to see it begin to splinter uh, and into, we'll get into the modern form of Satanism. Then we'll begin to move on, Lord willing, if we're still alive and still here, to their beliefs, what they promote, and who's promoting them. And, and, and can I just tell you something? Can anybody take a guess who's, what methodology these guys are promoting to this day? Arts, music, literature, and the media, and Hollywood. Exact same stuff that these guys that got it kicked off from the ground. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death. In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying. Okay. How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Okay. Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's His standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven? On your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I, I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the Scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step, to admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. 
That, that's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us his son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against him and disqualified us, that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, For instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judges said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, Uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know, it's actually on historical record, that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty, and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive his pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what he was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey, folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is the Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the grave. And the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.